right, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Good, good. Seven of us are doing good. Well, you are awakened from your dream and you're in Mayberry, so join me this morning. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it is a delight to be here with you guys this morning, and um, I hope everybody had a great Christmas season, and I hope that uh, your start to the year 2017, it's going to be hard to say, um, 2017 is off to a good start this morning uh, to help us kind of get going uh, with the year, and some of you who made resolutions last night, or maybe you're going to make them today, are going to kind of help us along that journey today. And um, if you came in and you didn't get a blue sheet of notes, uh, the ushers have them. Also, they'll be passing around Bibles. So, uh, ushers, can we get blue sheets and Bibles? Raise your hand if you don't have either one. I will be following along somewhat with the blue sheets. Sometimes I get lost up here and you'll have to make sure I stay true to my notes. Um, As I look out into the congregation, my heart is overwhelmed for multiple reasons, but just to begin with, that we had another year together. We had a physical year together here at Cornerstone, and we got to partner in so many opportunities to display God and His love and His grace, not only to one another, but to the community. And so... I'm so blessed to, to be able to do that and to look back over our year and to see all that was accomplished through the work of the gospel. You're going to be hearing more about that in the next couple of weeks as we kind of do a recap of how God used us. And I want to say thank you again to all those who were able to contribute a dollar or buy a gift card or whatever for our Christmas. You're going to be hearing about those. We We've probably impacted, I don't know the number, I would say well over 150 people through the dollar days and, and then through the families within Cornerstone that we were able to minister to. I personally got to be a part of some of those deliveries and some of those prayers and some of those conversations about Jesus and his love for us and our ability and, and our blessing to give back to them. And it was, it was exciting to say the least, but it was It was also a a public testimony of the way in which you gave because God gave greatly to you. And so thank you for that. And then this morning, um, I'm going to call out my old neighborhood. I'm going to call out my old hood. Uh, Several years ago, we we lived in a house we were renting. And uh, two special guys are here this morning that I haven't seen in a while. Uh, that have really been struggling this year physically, uh, literally as of the last couple of months. And so it is such a delight. I, I, I just couldn't believe it when I saw Norm Rittiger and I saw Pat Shin, who was with us. And so I got to call out my old neighborhood. Uh, God is good. Amen. Norm has been battling cancer and, and Pat had a heart attack in Oklahoma. And uh, visiting his daughter and, and grandchildren and to see the pictures. Many of you prayed for them. And so uh, it's just a delight. And I know there's a lot more stories in here. I know there's a lot of ways in which God brought healing to our lives and maybe to you. And so I don't want to um, 
dismiss it by not mentioning you, but I did have to go back to my old hood, okay? Uh, well, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about dreaming in 2017. I, I hope that doesn't disappoint some of you, and I hope that doesn't take away from the reality that I think God wants us to dream as his children. And this morning, this is kind of the time of the year, right, when, when we kind of hit the restart button. And, and this restart button um, kind of consists of decisions and resolutions that we either made last night or we're going to be making today. In fact, according to uh, some statistics that I pull off the internet, about a little bit over half of us today have made or will be making resolutions for 2017. And uh, here's the top 10 resolutions for 2017. In case these didn't get to you. Um, And the first one I'm going to say real quietly, lose weight. Um, That's always the first one, isn't it? Uh, Lose weight, get organized, spend less, save more, enjoy life to the fullest. Like that one. Staying fit and healthy, learn something exciting, quit smoking, help others in their dreams, fall in love. And spend more time with family. Top 10 resolutions for 2017. Uh, What's interesting about that is about 49% um, who make resolutions actually have infrequent success in those resolutions. 24% never succeed or they fail on that resolution every year. And 8% of that number, let me find it here, 8% of that number never achieved the resolution at all. And so, um, let me talk about length of resolution. Because I think when we make resolution, we're excited, right? And then let's look at how long we keep them. Because I think that's key is we're going to be dreaming with God. And we're going to be talking about that this morning. I think longevity, I think steadfastness is the power that God's going to give us to maintain our dream with Him in 2017. But it doesn't do so well in our resolutions. In fact, after the first week, 75% maintained the resolution. That's a little higher than I thought. Past two weeks, 71% stays up there. Past six months, 46%. So six months into our resolutions, only half of us will actually keep them. Uh, Last little statistic I want to share with you is that um, those who make precise resolutions, they are likely ten times more to attain their goals than people who don't make explicit, clear-focused resolutions. So this morning, my challenge is that as we think about resolutions or we think about decisions or we, some of us need to hit the restart button for 2017 in our spiritual life and in our personal life, as we think about that this morning, we're going to do so with the word dream. The word dream. Let me read 2 Thessalonians Chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, and this is how I'm going to set us up. 
with the rest of our time. It says in verse 11, it says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you. So that's, that's my prayer for us this morning, is that I want to challenge you to dream. I want to challenge you to renew your desire, to ask the Lord to give you a, a hunger and a desire for him this year as we strive to live for God in 2017. It says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that in his power he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it's one thing for us to live this life for ourselves and to settle for what we receive from this life, isn't it? But it's another thing to live this life for God and to dream about how God could use us in this, in this plan that he has that he's already written us into a story. What I'm going to be sharing about this morning, God's plan is for real change. Not temporary change. Not 46% of the people who make resolutions change. No, what we're going to be talking about this morning is God's plan for real change. You see, it's not a list of resolutions. It's not the latest self-help program. But it is a true renovation plan in which God takes all of us Every bit of us, the good, the bad, the ugly, the junk, all of the stuff that makes us who we are. He's going to take all of that and he's going to produce a total change. And he can produce a total change with us, inside of us and outside of us. It's almost like the true fixer-upper, right? I mean, who needs Chip and Joanne Gaines for this one? God's going to trump them with this one, right? For those of you who don't know Chip and Joanne Gaines, they do this show called The Fixer Upper. And they buy these houses or they sell these houses and they do the construction work on these houses and you walk in and it's a mess. I mean, it's a total mess. And then a couple of months later, new house, totally renovated from the inside out. That's what God wants to do in us this morning. That's what he wants to do in us throughout the year. See, it it doesn't stop. It continues with us throughout the year. And so today, as we look into God's plan, we're going to use this word dream to be our guide. You see, I want us to dream today about how God can use your life 217. And I want us to start with the letter D, okay? We should have that on the overhead. Do we have D up there? Did I just say overhead? (laughs) I knew. I fell asleep at 11.15 last night. I knew I was getting old. (laughs) On the overhead. Okay. So, dedicate yourself to God. Let's turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to be reading verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12. The D is... Stands for dedicate yourself to God. This is where it all begins, right? If we're going to dream for God this year in 2017, we better start by dedicating ourselves to God. Look at verses 1 and 2. It says, 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Look at verse 1 there. It says, Here's, gives us the reason and the action. The reason is in view of God's mercy. You see, why do we respond in offering back to God? It's not out of obligation. It's out of what God has done for us. That first word there, therefore, you ask, well, what has God done for us? That word therefore looks back over the last 11 chapters of Romans. And all of the things, for those of you who've read the 11 chapters of Romans, you know the depth, you know the riches, you know all of the jewels of of our salvation. You know all of the expressions in which God has demonstrated his love to us. You've been a witness of those 11 chapters and how Paul has laid out the doctrine of God and his salvation. When he says, in view of the mercies, that's what he's talking about. Look back over these 11 chapters. And because of everything that God's done for us, we're to offer ourselves. Not obligate ourselves, offer ourselves. We're to give back to God out of a heart of gratitude. We're offering our lives back to God. In, this, in these two verses, it's particularly talking about three things. It's talking about our body, our mind, and our will. That pretty much sums it up. Our body, our mind, and our will. You see, this year as we dream for God to do big things in us, we have to dedicate ourselves to God. I like the way Eugene Peterson, in his book called The Message, this is a paraphrase of the Bible, he says it like this, and I think we have a slide for that. I thought it was really good. It captured the heart behind it. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you. He develops well-informed maturity in you. Isn't that good? Isn't that... That's what it means when we dedicate our lives to God. You see, every day we can choose to surrender ourselves to God, and we can dedicate our, ourselves to God. Well, how do we do that? Glad you asked. Go to R. Our next letter is rely upon the Holy Spirit. So we dedicate ourselves to God, and then we take the hands off. Oh, Terry, you were doing good until you said that. You mean we're not in control anymore? No. In fact, that's probably why the percentages of those who actually carry through resolutions are so low. Because it's all dependent on their strength and their willpower. 
when what God is promising us is he'll give us his. And let's see how he does that. Look at, look at our, he's going to do it through his Holy Spirit. John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. Turn your Bibles, John 14, 16 and 17. You see the Holy Spirit, God is going to use because the Spirit of God brings Christ near us and in us. Listen to John 14, verses 16 through 17. Are we there? I'm not. Somebody tell him to shut up and pay attention and turn to his Bible. John 14, 16 and 17, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. You see, when I became a follower of Jesus Christ, and when you became a follower of Jesus Christ, God took up residence within us. When we think about Christ's followers, when we think about that word Christian, what it means is Christ in us. Now think about that. Not only did God make a way for us to have salvation, he made a way for himself to be in us and through us. That's what I'm talking about, power behind the resolution. The very spirit of God that lives within us. You see, we become new creations in Christ Jesus. And it's a lifelong journey. I become a new creation probably a hundred times a day. Because I have to hit the restart button. There's my old nature that I battle with. There, There are thoughts in my mind that I battle with. And I have to hit that restart button all throughout the day. Because the Holy Spirit is living within me. And because I've become a new creation, I still have to shed the old created one. You see, when the Holy Spirit lives in us, He teaches us. He convicts us. He guides us. He engages our emotions. How does He do that? He uses Scripture. He uses our experiences. He uses trials and hardship in our lives as well as fellowship with other believers. He uses these things to renovate us from the inside out. He shapes and takes all of these things that the Holy Spirit as a, as a person helps us to understand these things. He helps us By giving us wisdom. He helps us by helping us even emotionally handle something. Think about your life this year. For those of you who are followers of Christ, for those of you who have been spirit-empowered this year, think about those those decisions you made that you knew at at, at the time of the decision it was not yours, it was God's. Think about how the Holy Spirit has taken all of the things of the Word of God and and he's taking the things of maybe what some of your uh, friends in your, in your Bible studies, or maybe from this pulpit, what have been said to us. And he's taking all of this truth, and he's running it through the vein of Scripture, and then he's landing it in our hearts, and he's transforming our minds from it. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what 
we can have when we rely upon God. You see, because of this transaction, I'm no longer needing to trust completely in myself. No longer needing to trust in my own strengths, my own wisdom, or abilities. I can trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. You don't need to turn there. Some of you have probably memorized this one. I used to have it memorized until I got old. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Finish it in All right, test. How easy is that? <laughs> How successful have we been in trusting God with all of our heart and not just parts of our heart? How? How can we do this? It's way easier said than done, isn't it? I mean, we are so driven, or let me rephrase that. I am so driven by sight and by sound. I'm so driven by touch. I'm so driven by instant gratification, right? I mean, if I can just see it, if I can get my hands on it, that's what I'm driven by. And the world just continues to shine up these trinkets that drop in front of our eyes, right? And as men, we, if it's shiny, man, we're all over it, right? We're just looking at something shiny uh, 20 miles away, and it, it catches our attention, right? How do we continue to rely on the Spirit of God when, when all of these temptations, when all of these things are pulling us away from keeping our focus and dependence upon God? It's called walking in the Spirit. It's possible. This morning, I can stand here and say it is possible to, to deny those things of the world, to submit and surrender to God and allow His Spirit to lead me today. It is possible. How do I know that? Well, the Scripture says it. I've also experienced it. Many of you, I've been in meetings with you. I've been on the, uh, on the front lines of ministry with you. I've seen the Spirit of God control your life. I've seen the Spirit of God control your, your speech, control your prayer. I've seen it. I've read from it, from Scripture. I've learned from it. You see, when we walk by the Spirit, we experience the Spirit's power. How do we continue to walk in the Spirit? Some of us, we may experience a moment when we feel like overwhelmingly the Spirit is leading us and then the next 15 minutes, we feel distant from God. By the way, we're in good company when that happens. All throughout the scriptures, you, you find that to be the case. If that's true, then how do we continue to walk in the Spirit? Well, we surrender. And then when sin comes into our life, we immediately confess it. And then we repent of it. And when we repent of it, we're reminded of the grace that God has given us to be His child. And then we hit the restart button. And we start again. And the Spirit of God never departs from us, but is encouraging us to get things right. You see, that's the inside work that God accomplishes. When we 
dedicate ourselves to him and we rely on the Holy Spirit, God does the inward work in us. We can't do that. We can't change in a transformational way spiritually on our own apart from the Spirit of God and the Word of God. And that's his job. But what, what we can do is E. We can evaluate. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. So if you're following along, we're on E. We can evaluate. So God does the first two. Then we're going to do evaluate and eliminate. Okay? Hebrews chapter 12. Read with me in verses 1, 2, and 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance a race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. To evaluate, it's going to call us to do a personal inventory. I've got some questions on the back of your notes to kind of help you with that, but it's going to call us to kind of evaluate how do we use our time. Every one of us in here, we have 168 hours this coming week. It's all distributed equally among us. After we sleep and shower and do those kind of things we probably got about 60 to 65 hours left how are we doing with those hours how are you planning on using those hours in 2017 how about our relationships how healthy are the relationships that we have right now are they going to help us in 2017 what about things that we get excited about are those the kind of things that as we do a personal inventory on ourselves, are those are the kind of things that we want to continue to be excited about. And then we're going to do a spiritual inventory upon ourselves. I'm going to ask a couple of questions here. Where am I currently in my relationship with God? This is a great way to start out 2017. Is as we evaluate, let's evaluate spiritually along with personally. Where am I at in my relationship with God? And then, how are my relationships helping my spiritual growth? Evaluate those. And when you evaluate those areas, and there's way more questions you could add to that list, way more areas in your life that you could look at. And as you evaluate them, then let's start eliminating them. Verse 2 says, they're in... Hebrews chapter 12, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Before that is the key. Look at what it says in 1. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud, let us throw off, there's an elimination, let us throw off everything, What? everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So what did we need to eliminate? We're to throw off everything. 
Some translations say we're to throw off the weights. It's kind of like a, a picture of a runner who, who throws off everything so that nothing hinders him in the race. You see, there are even good things that will fall into this list that others will think is good of you. And you'll have to eliminate them. You'll have to evaluate them and you'll have to eliminate them. And then you'll have to deal with the sin that entangles you. See, the writer, he's not specific here in Hebrews with naming the sin. That would be easy, right, if he just named the sin that is hindering you and then we could all attack that sin and it'd be done with. But he he doesn't name it. Christian and, and Todd will get to it in our study of Hebrews and they'll correct me when I'm wrong here but it seems like based on the context of Hebrews um, that this sin is of unbelief and I can't think of a, a greater sin that weakens our faith more than unbelief so I'm going to go with that one unbelief so eliminate throw off these things that hinder us in Colossians chapter 3 I've included this on the back of your notes, but in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17, it it gives us a discipline of what it looks like in our Christian life to take off and then to put on. And so it gives us a great picture of of eliminating, of taking off, and then putting on. So that's Colossians 3. It's in your notes. To dream big, we have to do an honest evaluation about our lives. How can we move forward if we don't acknowledge where we are? So let me encourage you. Evaluate, eliminate. And then A, after you evaluate and eliminate, after you rely upon God, after you dedicate yourself to God, then let's associate with godly dreamers. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Turn left a couple of pages. Beginning reading in verse 23. It says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on, spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Fellowship is the key to bringing these three things together. You see, fellowship for two main reasons is so vital to us dreaming in 2017. The first reason is because it allows you to enlist support and encouragement. And the second reason is it provides accountability for us, right? It gets us started and it keeps us from procrastinating. There's nothing like having a accountability partner who will ask us the tough question, who will even, at the risk of our relationship, our friendship, will will dive beneath the surface and really ask the hard questions to us. And then in in the same meeting, pray for us and encourage us and bring us to Scripture if need be. So we need to associate with godly dreamers. I mean, let's be honest this morning. It's something special when you dream dreams with others, isn't it? And, and they support and come alongside of you. 
And nothing is more defeating and deflating when you have a dream and you have nobody to support you in that dream. It's lonely. <laughs> and so surround yourself. It doesn't mean that your dream doesn't need some tweaking. It doesn't mean that your dream is, you know, any more special than any other dream. No, in fact, that's the purpose of bringing in accountability. Because that accountability helps the Word of God and the Spirit of God shape that dream in the, in the, the way in which now we glorify God in living out that dream. See how that works? See, the reality is that we cannot, we cannot gain support if we don't pursue healthy community. See, many of us today, we're a healthy relationship away from unleashing something special in our lives. God made us to do life together. There's a personal part, yes, of our faith. But there's also this public part of our faith, too. And that's how God has designed his body, his church, to come together. To take all of our, our personal and bring it public together. And so, as we look into 2017, as we dream, associate with godly dreamers. Include others in your dream. And then lastly, the M. Go to Romans chapter 8. This is another very popular verse that some of you may have memorized. So we're to dedicate ourselves to God. We're to rely on the Holy Spirit. We're to evaluate and eliminate. We're to associate with godly dreamers. And now we're to maintain a godly perspective. You see, I got a feeling in 2017, just like 2016, there are bound to be some challenges along the path, isn't there? I mean, there, there are bound to be things that will come up in 2017 that we did not plan for and we didn't expect. These may carry huge disappointments or they may carry huge successes. Regardless, we can't, elude, we can't afford to lose God's perspective in the midst of our trials. Look at Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. Charles Swindoll rephrased it this way, and I really like it. He said this, For, for those who love God, the Lord supernaturally weaves the threads of every circumstance, every influence, every atom or idea they encounter for the purpose of creating moral good within them. You see, we must remember it is God who's writing our story. Do we have a role to play? We have a significant role to play in how our story looks. But some things are just going to be beyond our control. The story of God is so much bigger than just our lives. And we have to keep the perspective that that's going to be okay because God is at work. He has designed it to be way bigger than our individual lives. 
See, what he's asking us to do is as he's weaving all of these things into place, he's asking us to take our spot. To listen, to be obedient, to walk by the Spirit, to know when we enter, when we come out, what role we play. You see, I think for many of us, and I'm I'm guilty of this a lot too, I think we've made the, the Christian life sometimes too safe. And I think we've made God too human and too small. And so we, we, don't, we don't exercise the faith that God has given us, and we don't dream big. In fact, we look at our circumstances, or, or we look at our faith, and we, we kind of weaken back. 2017, I, I pray that you will commit with me to know God's story better. To, to read His Word and to see how He's working out today through His Word. You see, this is where I maintain a God perspective. Everybody has an opinion, including me. i got a bunch of them. And we know that, Right? And there are other things always balance instant information, instant opinion, right? You got professionals sitting in the basement, you know, on social media, throwing out their ideas and their plans. And, and we've just, if we're not careful, we just get sucked into this, you know, information lust. And we have to keep a God perspective. Even when we get advice from brothers and sisters in the Lord, and even within our family, we still have to maintain God's perspective on it. You see, when I look at where I am at God's story today, how did I get to where I'm currently at? I mean, as you think about the Scriptures, and you think about how God has, you know, given us the Scriptures to kind of be the platform for his story. How did we enter in at 2017 here in Simi Valley? It's amazing, isn't it? Um, I mean, if at any time you doubt whether God is real or, or God is at work in your life, think about your own story. Revisit, unwind Just, whether it's small or big, unwind a couple of decisions that you've made. Unwind a couple of life changes that's happened to you. Unwind those and try and convince me that God doesn't exist. Think about my own life. Think about coming to faith, living like a, a hellion up until I was 19, 20 years old. Started smoking pot at 11. Raised with a single mom, two brothers, trouble times three. I mean, we were. And I just watched the story of God. I wasn't controlling it. I was just, and I am just a part of it. And how he just kind of wove certain seasons of my life together. He introduces me to the, the love of my life, who I marry and who we serve Him together with. He gives us a child. He gives us a daughter. Then He blesses us. 
through the adoption of our son and our other daughter. Working 10 years in, in sales and he leads us and, and calls us out to join this organization called Campus Crusade. For 11 years on a high school campus, thousands of hundreds, maybe thousands. You know, you know preachers. Um, hundreds. Hundreds of transformed lives with students. I still hear from them today. 20 years later, I hear from students. They're in ministry. At one time, we were keeping count. We, we, there was over 35 in full-time Christian ministry. These were high school kids that were not youth group kids. So we've seen the transforming power of God. We, I try and we rewind all of that, right? I try and unwind it. Say, so how did I get there? And then 11 years into Campus Crusade, we're sitting in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at a conference. I'm sitting out in the middle of the conference with a lot of my students, probably 100 of my students, African-American kids. And there's two speakers at our conference that are speak that week. One's Chuck Bomar and the other one's Francis Chan. Chuck Bomar looks out and he says, I got to get to know that guy. That was me. I introduced him to a lot of my students. He shares in the, the lives of my students. A couple months later, he calls me. He says, you ever thought about coming to California? No, I haven't. <laughs> Through a process of several months, you guys praying, us praying, we feel like we need to be in Simi Valley, California. So we... I'm glad some of you still feel that way. <laughs> Uh, it's my wife, I know. But as you, you see how you can just keep unwinding and unwinding and unwinding? It's not us, it's God at work. How do we maintain a godly perspective? Revisit those stories. Revisit those changes, those seasons in your life. Revisit the hand of God working in you to bring about something way bigger than we could ever anticipate or expect. And that's the key. It's not even going to be about us at the end of the day. It's about Him and His story. We're not writing it. He's written it. We're in it. See, to dream big this year, it's wise to remember our part in his story. And if our dreams connect to his story, then there's no telling what he might do in and through us. So how do we walk out of here this morning? As Billy comes up, I'd like for us to look at three questions that are on your notes. And as you prepare your hearts to leave this morning, I want to say first thank you for your, your attentiveness and I'm going to encourage you to dream this year. For some of you, that, that means that you haven't been walking with God. You haven't been looking at your resolutions and you haven't been including God in them. I'm going to ask you to do that. That's the question number one. Question number two is how can you dream 
to include God in your resolutions this year? As we dream, are we trusting God? Are we believing and walking by faith that God has a bigger dream than we can ever think or imagine? Where's our hope at? Where's our eyes and our vision at? Is God a part of that? Is God a part of your company's dreams and visions? Is God part of your everyday place in school? At home or in the neighborhood? How does he fit into your resolutions? And then third question is, by God's grace, what would you like, what would you like to be true of you in a year that is not true of you today? What would you ask God to do today in your heart and in your spirit today and throughout this year? Beginning right now, that's not true of you today. As we enter time, we sing, think through those three questions. And remember this year, dream. Dedicate yourself to God. Rely on His Holy Spirit. Evaluate and eliminate. Associate with godly dreamers. And then maintain that godly perspective. Amen? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for your truths that never get old. Oh, they're, they're so living and active in us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you know the very intentions and motives of our heart. You know the words that are going to come out of our mouth before they even come out. You offer grace and hope and joy and love and steadfastness to us because you love us not because of how we perform for you and that is free and that is awesome and we thank you Holy Spirit for doing that work in us through 2017 may we dream big as a, as a community of your followers and may we see much accomplished for your glory in Jesus name